Welcome to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler along with Charlotte Littlefield Brown. She, she's on uh, break tonight. Uh, we have a real special program tonight. We're going to talk about 9-11 truth, but we're going to talk about it in a little bit different manner than you normally hear. We're not going to go over all the details of the attack and who, who flew what plane and so forth, but we're going to talk about it on a conceptualized basis, much more on a very, very broad basis. Tonight we have Alan Watt with us. He's a profound expert in the field of ideas, world systems, parapolitics, and most of all, he's truly a truth seeker. Uh, he has the Cutting Through the Matrix site, and he has very, very many impressive writings and ideas on that site. He has a great knowledge also about occultism. And, and from an early age, he avoided being programmed, and he was able to break out of that programming that most of us are, are caught up in. Uh, we're going to talk about the New World Order, how it came about, some of the foundations and so forth. And, and let, me, let me make one quote here before I bring him on. This is what he has to say. In all ages, in all lands, there have been those who seek truth. This seeking is an individual search for something more than self and much more than the confounds of this worldly system. It is the seeker who understands there is more than what meets the eye, who is not afraid and makes the choice to go into the unknown. The process of awakening has begun. The discovery is underway. Written 2008, Alan Watt, A Course in Deep Programming. Welcome to our program, Alan Watt. We're honored to have you with us. It's a pleasure to be back. Well, I tell you, I tell you, Alan, you, <laughs> I've been listening to some of your other programs, and you're a killer, you know that. <laughs> yeah. And and you you really you really get down to that bottom line, and you really you really uh, address the real core problems uh, that that exist out there. Um, what about 9/11 in your own mind? Um, what 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 did they set out to do, and what have they accomplished so far in in the attack? The attack really was the signal to kick off the 21st century, and the 21st century is a planned century. We've heard of family planning now; it's global planning as a, an old dream, a very old dream of high foundations and societies comes together of a planned uh, society from birth to death for everybody across the planet. And it's, 
it's not jumping from one system right to another system. It's a gradual uh, change. Although we're speeding up now, we see very quickly, but the 21st century was planned, uh, and you'll find in Agenda 21, that's the agenda for the 21st century at the United Nations, uh, a lot of it's contained within there because they want everyone to get moved off the rural areas and into the cities for habitat areas. That's a mandate. And they'll use all techniques to do it, uh, gasoline prices going up and all that stuff. All the crisis, all the sudden crisis that happened uh, after 9-11 uh, started it all. And we know that George Bush's father, who we all know is, is well documented and is declassified, he worked for the CIA and he became president. And he gave speeches on September the 11th, 1990, where he mentioned a new world order coming into view. And he never elaborated to anyone what he meant. And, of course, the press, being the good little boys they are, didn't ask him what he meant either. But they were telling you, they were giving you their little buzzwords, their code words for those in the know. And then on September the 11th, one year exactly later, that they loved that date, in 91, he repeated it, the same thing again. And then down the road on September the 11th, 2001, the Twin Towers go up. And that was a signal. Now, you don't even have to know about uh, all the scheming and planning or even the stuff that's out in the open from the United Nations to do with the 21st century or the eugenics movement that's heavily tied in with this whole agenda. You simply have to see what's been accomplished since 9-11 and the rapidity that every country across the planet went into action because of something that happened in New York City. They all passed the same types of martial law immediately, which tells you, because bureaucracies do not move quickly, that there were years of planning went into and negotiation went into creating a system that was ready to jump in. And one of the first speeches that was made to the public, I think it was by Rumsfeld or Cheney, he said nothing is ever going to be the same again. And that's another high a term used in the occultic language they use, they meant it. Nothing is ever going to be the same again. He didn't say we'll eventually we'll get back to our normalcy. He says nothing is going to be the same again. And we see that this had nothing to do with a man in a cave in Afghanistan. Uh, because as everyone else, of all nationalities and Americans and Canadians and British and so on who are bending over at checkpoints and customs and border crossings and so on. It's everyone across the world who's to get ID'd supposedly because of one caveman. So the caveman had nothing to do with it. This was a must-be operation. A Pearl Harbor event is Mr. Um, I think it was, it wasn't Brzezinski. Yeah, Brzezinski mentioned we need a Pearl Harbor event to get support with, behind the, 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 the government for war. And all of the ridiculous things that happened on 9-11 itself has been on mainstream media, including the CBC in Canada, to do with Bush Sr. that day, who was at a meeting, a business meeting with his partners, the Ben Laden family, in New York, not too far away from the buildings. I mean, you couldn't dream this kind of stuff up. It's like Winston Churchill and Hitler 
having a business deal before they kick off World War II. The same kind of farce that we get fed to us by, by the media and by these jokers who run the world. So the whole world now is on a roll into a new system, a totally controlled society. We see all government agencies, not just the, the primary ones, we see the, the cops and the, the military, but we see uh, children's care, a child care worker in societies. We see all kinds of bureaucracies and, and government inspectors and building inspectors and so on coming out in force and hammering the public from all directions because all the mandates have been signed, sealed, and come from the United Nations. This is a role towards the totally controlled society where they hope to eliminate a good proportion over a period of time of the general population who they claim are inferior and obsolete now. They have no function in a post-industrial society. We have gone into lots of talks on a website on the eugenics movement that's heavily, heavily intertwined with the big foundations that guide all the non-governmental organizations along this path. That was what Bush Sr. was referring to in that New World Order speech when he said there are a thousand points of light guiding us towards this destination. You, you, you reference in some of your recent writings and so forth and publications about social, this socialist article up in Canada. Yes. Uh, let's, let's, when we come back, let's touch on that and then move on after that. I think uh, this this socialist thing, this collectivist thing that has to do with this population control, I think it's a very important uh, angle. You know, let's let's come back and talk about that. Thank you for being with me. It's an honor. This is the GCN Radio Network, home to hard-hitting talk radio. Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler, along with our guest, Alan Watt. Welcome back to the program, Alan. It's a pleasure to be back. You have, um, on one of your sites, I picked up one of your, um, what, what, it was about eugenics. I believe there was an article out of Canada, and, and it, was, it proved to be very, very interesting about uh, some Canadian uh, talking about the, uh, the eugenics movement, but he was a socialist, I, be I believe. Well, uh, what it was, was right now there's an, an exhibition on in a museum in Ottawa about eugenics in the last 50 to 100 years. And so this particular reporter had done an article on it. It's about 50 years too late because the same media kept quiet as all this was going on in reality up until now. But um, even into the, how many of the socialist uh, agencies and societies were really the ones that were pushing it and we know for instance that Adolf Hitler pushed it and they were uh, national socialists we also know it was a prime thing to do with the communist system which was just another form of socialism and uh, they believed they could recreate men and perfect them and also eliminate the, 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 the weak and unfit as they called it but the man who brought in under the socialist movement in Canada the national health care system uh, Mr. Douglas himself wrote his thesis in, in university on the need to eliminate the physically and mentally unfit from society and even uh, segregate them and put them in special camps just 
stop them infecting normal people. These are the heroes we're given down through history uh, who set up the institutions that now, come in, they used to be called services, like health service. Now they are authorities over you. Oh, my God. And gosh. so the, the, eugen the eugenics movement is alive, very much alive and very well. And the whole thrust towards genetic engineering has been funded by the, big, the same big institutions that pushed eugenics uh, through laws in the U.S. and Canada and other countries uh, from 1920 onwards. I don't think people realize that lots of people were sterilized by law in the United States right up into the 1970s by these same eugenicists. And they're funding um, genetic research, and all the genetic research has nothing to do with curing cancers or anything like that. Genetic research is, is a, a system of segregating the weak, what they claim is the weak and the hereditary and, and uh, unfit from the rest of society. And they hope eventually this century to bring us through all these different crises, claim there's too many people, bring out the solutions and, and say, well, some of you will have to go. And then they'll bring out those who should survive, those who will not survive. And they'll even probably ask eventually for voluntary sterilization because of food shortages and so on. This is a worldwide plan coordinated through a thousand agencies that's guiding us to this point. And very rich people, very wealthy people, and very old families are behind this 100%. This is their agenda. Yeah, people it, think that socialism is of the far left or, or the left. There are, there's no left or right. We have one system, and the whole communist movement was funded by the West. That's all documented today. We yeah, fed them all through the Soviet yeah, era. Yeah. Anthony Sutton documented that, wrote a book about it, didn't he? He did. He wrote a few books, in fact, and... Uh, about that subject, and it's all very well documented. You'll find that, that uh, the same societies, even the skull and bones, uh, who make war on the world, by the way, they believe that might is right, and those who have the power should use it and, and lead the world in whichever direction they see fit. And they run all sides of everything, but they're only one organization meshed, meshed with other elitist organizations. Again, believing completely in, in hereditary superiority in their own families. I see. <laughs> well, in Britain, you had the Fabian Society, or, uh, what, in the late 1880s? Yeah, the Fabian yep. Society was set up. Again, they always give you your heroes, and, and they gave the working people what seemed to be their system. But, of course, no one knew that it was meant to guide you along the road of massive bureaucracies, government agencies, which would eventually dominate you. That was the whole point of it. Well, this so, the collective, they have to build a collective so that the state is, the state is grown, right? Isn't that yes. what they're, they're out to do? Absolutely. And even Carl Jung, who studied a lot of this phenomena, said in his last book, he said, my biggest fear is what I see in my mind, he said, uh, not just a, a wall across Berlin, it says, but I see a wall of bureaucracy stifling the world in, in its later days. And that's what we have now. We have authorities for everything, and they're coming out now with the big stick. Uh, now, you'd think during a period of crisis when things are getting tough for the people, uh, the money's falling uh, in value, purchasing power, uh, they're giving you gasoline shortages because you have one cartel owning uh, the, the, the few, the handful of what you think are independent oil companies, they're not independent.
five major agri-food businesses, they own the world's food supply. Did you notice that they're going back into Iraq, the, the big oil companies? Oh, yes. They're going the, to the, the, the same <laughs> Yeah, the They're same back oil. in there again, but it wasn't about oil, right? <laughs> That's right. But the thing is, too, what the American people don't know is what you've been doing all this time through Halliburton and through your tax money. And this was on the news here in Canada a few years ago. The taxpayer of America has funded brand new refineries for these guys to walk into. And those guys said before the war that all those refineries were obsolete and would have to be demolished. Well, they did to demolish it in the war, and now your tax money is built on brand new, nice banking, new refineries, courtesy of the taxpayer. Yeah, well, that is nice. We need that energy, don't we? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I've studied this, and, and uh, these guys are, are Platonists, aren't they? Neo-Platonists. I mean, the Republic, yeah. isn't this it? The elitist, uh, wasn't that an elitist uh, treatise that uh, Plato wrote? It, well, Plato wrote it in about uh, the, the third century AD in Alexandria and Egypt. The, the Neo-Platonist schools came out, and that was where the mystery religion as such came out. And intertwined with the mystery religion, even then, was the whole theory of superior types and inferior types back to eugenics again. Yeah. Well, it's that, it's that righteousness, it's that, that elitism that they appeal to that, that male ego, is it not? It's not even a male ego. What you are, have, are God self? Is it, they're, they're, they want to become gods, huh? They do believe they are gods, yes, fact, I some see. of them. And that was the whole thing of mystery, ancient mystery schools. You become, as till today, even in high masonry, even when they show yourself in a mirror, uh, that's to say you're praying to God till you see it yourself. That's the message you're supposed to get. And, and so you're, you, the whole thing is, is that man is God, but not all men, only certain ones, you see. And meanwhile, you have these aristocratic lineages that go back down through history intensively and bred together, and their wives are picked for them from selected families. And you really have psychopathic types. That's the key to it. Uh, now, Plato himself talked about breeding uh, in his Republic uh, workers for specialized jobs. And you could pick uh, squat people, say short squat people, male and female, for minors and breed them in. And you do the same for tall people for picking apples. But also you can breed out traits or breed in traits like dogs. Oh, so man. For, for, for kings and queens, you, would, you wouldn't want them to have too much emotion. You want them to be... Alan, we've got, we got to cut away. We'll be right back. Thank you. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm your host, George Butler. Welcome back, Alan Watt. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. Someday, we'll, I mean, it seems like they've already done a job on most of uh, the people about, you know, animals having more value than humans yeah. and the earth itself being more valuable. And we should be, uh, what I mean, guardians of the earth, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that man, is, is, is that what is, is being progressively taught so that man can be eliminated or built down? Or, or yes. Is that there's it? A, there's a technique, or it's called mocking the victim in the occult. And what you must do is, like George Orwell's 1984, 
you must get the victim to agree with what you want to do with them. So much so the victim will really believe that the master has no choice. And we've watched this uh, steadily going on, this drumbeat towards a complete atheism and the rise of science. Science is the new religion. And there are no rights and wrongs anymore. You see, there's no moral right or wrong. And therefore, science is going to be the toughest, most harshest master the world has ever seen. It works on statistics, not people. And it doesn't forgive. And therefore, uh, this is the new science, the new priesthood or scientist. Now, Bertrand Russell and many others said that they would create a world where the public would be brainwashed by experts until they couldn't do anything without the advice of an expert. And that's back in the 50s he talked about this program being launched then. That's happened. That's been done. You think it's going to... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. And the Club of Rome, the Club of Rome is one of the premier think tanks that comes up with ideas to guide them, this, this plan along in the future. And they debate their ideas, then they pass it along to the lesser think tanks that then must work it into action through the media, through schooling, and so on. Well, the founders, the two founders of the Club of Rome, wrote a book published in the early 90s called The First Global Revolution. And in the book, they said, back in the 1970s, early 70s, they, they were thinking about how to get, to get the population of the world to go along with its agenda, to allow themselves to be ruled over. And they, they said that the only time that the people do what they're told and work collectively is under stresses of war. It's therefore they have to find a war, but how do you find a war in a global society? They said, well, they, 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 what, they, what they hit on is we hit upon the idea of claiming that the people were, were destroying the planet and that man was causing uh, climate change and global warming. They said that would fit the bill. That's the very words. That would fit the bill. That's been taught as fact steadily the steadily increasing drumbeat since the 1970s, and these men dreamed up the whole con, you see. I, w I was at a, at a university meeting one time. We were discussing the warming effect, you know, and the greenhouse effect and so forth, and I said, well, could it be the sun? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And these students jumped all over me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they didn't yeah. want to hear that. They wanted to hear that man was the problem. Well, that's, that's what they said, the global revolution is said in the book, that we would convince man that he was the problem and that, that he was at war with nature, therefore war was, nature was at war with him. And that's, he said, that would fit the bill. They, they, they dreamed up the whole idea. And then you had Maurice Strong, who brought forth the Earth Charter, the first Earth Charter that gave all the animals the rights and, and left people with none. That was the next step in the, uh, towards that agenda. And they have been training children from kindergarten onwards for the last 15 years uh, into this greening agenda. And that's all they'll know is, is this propaganda that's been instilled in the, to them in a very early age. And you will see uh, very shortly, it's already happening actually, youngsters coming forward and, and the newspapers saying they wouldn't mind being sterilized to save Mother Earth. That's happening. Oh my I predicted God. that would happen 15 years ago. Oh, man, I tell you, uh, well, Maurice Strong and that bunch, wasn't they? They connected to the Aspen Institute of Humanistic Studies? They're connected to that, but Maurice Strong also works for the Rockefeller Foundation. Yeah. They, they raised him up. 
and the United Nations. He works for the United. He was assistant president of the World Bank at one time. Uh, oral, oral connected, oral connected, yeah. Yeah, and he's yeah. Been, had many UN jobs, and he's got another one right now, in fact. So, so when we when we talk about say nine eleven, uh, who but then the big movers and shakers, the countries that were involved, we've got what the American intelligence agencies, what very deep, uh, covert uh, operations, of course, and then we've got the UK. Who else do you think was involved in that? Were there were there Israeli elements too? Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, in fact, the day it happened, uh, the CBC released. Uh, the uh, little documentary, and they talked to some of the Israeli Mossad guys. They said that they'd warned the states that was going to happen that day. The head a spokesman for MI6 said, I, we don't understand it. We told the U.S. months ago that it was going to happen on this day, and we can't believe they allowed it to happen. Well, I can, you see, because they had to have it happen to kick off this whole century with martial law. Well, today, or the last few days, uh, when planning for this program, I went in on the BBC site. Uh, I believe uh, Prison Planet was carrying an article stating that uh, BBC has some new documentaries they're going to be releasing between now and August, I believe. And they, they're going to, to uh, reinforce the idea that it was a legitimate attack and so forth. Well, I went in and just did a quick little scan, and I came up with America's Day of Terror. This is a BBC site. And they lay it out, the four hijacks, the Trade Center disaster, in pictures, Twin Towers tenants, timeline, eyewitness, 9-11 commission report, downloaded on PDF files, and it's just too pat. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just too pat to be the truth. <laughs> you know, the average person, even an average person could sit and think it out. I mean, I... It doesn't take geniuses to do this. I know, I know. And... As I say, the, the father himself, uh, on those very dates, 9-11, you know, September 11th, and 90 and 91, one year apart, talked about the coming New World Order. We had the fake start, remember, with, with the, the Y2K nonsense. Yeah. And then they had the debate then, well, when, when does the new century really start? And they came to the conclusion it really starts in 2001. Yes, uh-huh. So I was waiting for 2001, 9-11 came along, and he was coming along, and boom, up it went. The Twin Towers, your Jackham and Boaz, up they go. My gosh. Gemini, you know. And so yeah. he, here it is. And, uh, and then they kick off the whole martial law thing. It just rams it right through. But not just in the U.S. They say, even little Finland did it. A couple of weeks ago, I had Dr. Colin Ross out of Dallas. He's an expert on dissociative identity disorder yeah. and trauma. And I presented a question to him. I said, uh, would, 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 would the 9-11, uh, would, would, could you interpret that as a traumatic uh, trauma-based programming? You know what I mean? Causing a, a, a form of, uh, a mild form of dissociative type behavior. He said, he thought for a second, he said, well, I've never thought about that, but yes, it could be interpreted in that way. And that's what's happened on the American public, it looks like to me. Well, well actually, you see, years ago, I talked about this technique being used. And they, they first started doing it with the public with racing cars. And they would show you a crash. They'd tell you the crash was going to happen. And then they'd show you it over and over and over yes. and over again. Well, Repeating see, that was it. A, that was a technique they were practicing on the public for, for years before 9-11. And then they used the same technique on 
you see the plane coming in, bang, plane coming in, bang, bang. And over and over, and that is repetition. It's called psychic driving. Yeah, you, when you do psychic driving, you can create Manchurian-type candidates, can't you? Yeah, I mean, that seems to be. You also, yeah. you really cause a dissociative effect of fear, and and you can't sit and reason things through, or even really look at the, the details that you're watching. You're seeing the trauma, 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 and right. that's the that's repetition is psychic driving. Doctor, and, yeah, Doctor Colin Ross is the author of the CIA doctors. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Among other books, so yes. he's pretty he's pretty astute at this. And uh, we had a nice conversation a couple of weeks ago. We've got to cut away uh, here for another break. We're really getting into some of the psychology stuff, and this is getting interesting. I'm learning a lot, and I appreciate you being with me, Alan. We'll be right back. Thank you. You're listening to GCN, the Genesis Communications Radio Network. Welcome back to The Secret Truth. I'm George Butler, and my guest tonight is Alan White. Welcome back, Alan. It's a pleasure. This psychic driving that you mentioned earlier is is that is what is keeping the psychological dysfunction being nurtured all the time in us? Pretty well. You can you can you can get a major event and go through psychic driving until it's literally imprinted in the mind. And if, when you follow it up with very quick, rapid changes, it throws people off off guard. It, it, it's hard to get your balance. And if you notice now, the whole world has changed. It's true enough. It will never be the same again. It's not meant to be. Uh, you, you're seeing at a time when you think authorities would back off the people and give them some breathing room with the dollar falling, with the food prices going up and all the rest of it and oil and gasoline. No, all different agencies of authorities are hammering the public all, even more so during this time. As I say, even, even children's aid and so on and various SWAT teams going after people for other things uh, which are really at one time were trivialities. And some, at one time, in fact, certain things were rights. The rights have all gone. So this is to be on a roll. Once you have the herd stampeding and they're all terrified, you keep them rolling with change, one change after another, and, and then you guide them into the new sheep pen or the new system, and that's what's intended to do. Now, they've already said, before, before we heard the hype about the food shortages coming up, um, the Department of Defense in Britain put out 90 pages from their top think tank, and that's also the NATO think tank, on what they foresee for 30 years, coming starting around 2010. And all they talked about was massive rioting across the Western Hemisphere with the populations of different countries. They didn't say why the people would be rioting, but they obviously knew what was coming. And then we hear about food shortages for one thing, uh, water shortages. Uh, they, they knew the gasoline obviously was going to start get jacked up in price. And I remember uh, two years ago, Rumsfeld, uh, when he said when we've cracked the, the $50 psychological uh, a, a barrel, the, the $50 per barrel psychological barrier, he says the sky is the limit. He says don't don't expect it to be to, to even double. He says by next year, which it did. So these guys who are not economists knew that all this was going to happen. 
Why? Because it's the agenda. They want everyone begging and helpless. They already are achieving part of their goal. People are moving, I've got an article here, moving from the, the rural areas in the different parts of the U.S. into the cities because they can't afford to drive to work and so on. And so that's the intent, into the habitat areas. And when you go back into the old charters and so on, they drafted up to the United Nations. They wanted to do away with uh, private property altogether. Now, in the, in the UN's Agenda 21, they say there will be no private transportation allowed for anyone. There will be emergency vehicles only, just like it was with the Soviet Union, you see. So this is all happening, is coming to pass around us right now. And if you look at warfare strategy in all ages, if you're, if you're besieging a city or whatever, you would cut off their water supply. You need water, food, shelter, clothing, and heat. Okay. All of those things are being attacked right now, and they're talking about massive uh, deaths this coming winter because people can't afford heating oil. You know, they, you see, so all of this is yeah, a warfare strategy. It's very the fear, boy. They're fear mongering and you know warfare against uh, humankind. I attended yeah. the uh, the Texas State uh, Republican Convention last weekend in Houston at the George Brown Convention Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they oppose the UN in there in in any form or, or fashion. In fact, uh, one of the last little quotes they said is, we urge Congress to evict the United Nations from the United States and eliminate any further participation. This was part of the plank, yeah. the platform. Mm-hmm. So in Texas here, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were right there saying, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. you know. But, mm-hmm. I mean, this was in the platform, and that was not just one little uh, quote. There were actually... Uh, under United Nations, there were 13 different uh, statements mm-hmm. in opposition yeah. to the UN and throw them out of the United States. That's yes. that's the Republican platform in Texas, and yep. they and they trans the uh, Trans Texas Corridor and all that. They were against all that. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, I think programs like yourself and and uh, Alex Jones and other people, uh, y'all are having an effect. It's having an effect, there's no doubt about it, and at least for the first time people are hearing the histories behind these big institutions and realizing that they're not democratic at all. Yes, that's uh, right. The, the public never had a chance to vote on anything, and they were set up to eventually become the world government, at least the front for the world government and for the rich men of the earth, and that's what they, they, they are. Um, people don't realize that practically every law that you have on the books, right down to your building codes, Septic tanks, plumbing standards, uh, electric, everything comes from the United Nations already. For every department you have in government, you have an equivalent department at the United Nations to take over the running of the world. But they have to have the three trading blocks done, as Karl Marx said in the 1800s, before that's finally completed. So Karl Marx said there would be uh, a united Europe, followed by the United Americas, and then a united uh, East Asian Pacific Rim region. That's all coming to pass right now. And as, as they're doing it, the United Nations is also gathering up the strength to lord over them as the supreme commander, there to be the, the government of the world. 
Dub, so Dublin, this was written a long yeah, time ago. The, the Irish re, are rebelling somewhat, and they voted against this Lisbon Treaty. And just in, in today's Sunday Times, uh, fresh off the press, Ireland under Franco-German pressure to hold new EU vote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they're just bringing it up again until they get the vote they want, right? That's right, until, until you vote the right way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what they did with the European Union votes. And what they said also about Ireland, uh, Ireland refusing it, they said for the rest of the 19 countries to go ahead and ratify it regardless, and they'll get around to Ireland later. Yeah, that, that, one of their first statements that, that I read was, actually, well, we don't absolutely have to have this. We're going to do this, and Ireland will that's, that's cooperate right. with us anyway. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> you know what I mean? To, yeah, they're yeah. not going to change their, their agenda. They've worked so hard and it's so long. It took yeah. two world wars to get this, this agenda uh, through. Well, the, the Club of Rome was behind much of this, uh, was it not? The Club of Rome, and long before that, you had uh, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, one of the largest organizations on the planet. They're the ones who also have all the data on the coming food shortages. They've been working on this for the last 15 years, this coming food shortage. Many of their members own the food uh, program for the planet. Have you so, done much research into the Circle, the, the Catholic-based organization, European? This is part of the whole system. Yes, I have, too, yeah, yeah. As I say, every major institution has a hand in this. And when you study enough, the major power structures, that where are they all going? Look at the, look at the tenets of each one. And where do each, where does each one want to go? It's so strange they all want to go in the same direction and end up at the same place. Whether it's left wing, right wing, uh, supposedly Protestant or, or Catholic or whatever, they all end up at the same place, this planned society, this controlled world where everyone lives in the, in the cities and you'll simply have the bureaucratic class living outside in the new dash hours like they did in the Soviet yeah. Union. Yeah, so, it looks like this Obama, uh, these supporters, uh, many are on the left and, and, and they're liberals, and they're going to get their way. They're going to get socialism. They're going to get these new programs, you know, in reaction to capitalism, these, 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 these right-wing people that, that are heartless, right? Isn't that sort of the, what's driving this whole Obama uh, popularity? Pretense. Is that that's the pretense? pretense. Yeah. As, I, as I say, when they formed the, the Fabian Society, what they knew in the 1800s was if they didn't form a society to lead the working people and fool them and give them their leaders, then the people might just form their own and it would be out of their control. So they gave us the societies to follow. And it did the same in the United States, too. Uh, there's no left wing. There's no right wing. Uh, Carl Quigley, Professor Carl Quigley, he mentioned that in his own book, A Tragedy and Hope. He said, he said the Royal Institute of International Affairs and the CFR pick the leaders on all sides and as long as you groom those at the top the lesser politicians don't matter exactly they're, they're just playing us all for a bunch of dupes aren't they yes and also <laughs> osama and hillary i think were at the, at the bilderberger meeting can we wake up and fight this and resist it it's a big task you you are helping a lot alan watt Mm -hmm. and, and you're having an effect out there, I know that. And I'm, I might be helping a little bit here <laughs> having you on my program, right? We're all doing it. Yeah, we're all, we're doing, all doing it. If we can do a little bit, poco by poco, we might we might progress or at least stave off some of this stuff, you know, yes. make it less bad, right? Or divert it off yeah. in a different direction altogether. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, uh, we've got to take a break at the top of the hour. We'll be um, 
on break about six minutes. So now's the time to take a break and take care of things. We'll be right back. Thank you very much, Alan. Appreciate it. 